T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yankees, Astros. That should be a good one, folks. It's the one we've all been waiting for. Who wins and why? We'll ask Kevin Millar in just a bit from the MLB Network. It's hour number two of Home and Home Radio.com Sports Original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. It's ZipRecruiter.com. For those of you watching the bottom of your screen, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire. We'll also ask Kevin Millar who wins the NLCS and is there anyone who's ever pitched greater over a couple of months than Garrett Cole right now for Houston. I'm Dave Briggs, home of Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road getting ready for another college football broadcast. And we start with the NFL in our number two here. Ross, anybody in the market for a 31-year-old quarterback who was once one pass away from winning a Super Bowl? Well, it would appear the answer is no. Colin Kaepernick's representatives have reached out to all 32 NFL teams, and they say they have received, quote, little or no response from any teams and zero. Cottom, zero workouts. Seattle brought him in for a visit but did not work him out. His representatives also say there has never been a salary demand, that that narrative is completely false, that he's been working out five days a week. His representatives add that Colin has the same skill set as many of the young mobile quarterbacks flourishing in the game right now. They sent along, for those of you, again, watching on the Radio.com app, a full one-page stat sheet to back up the performance when Colin Kaepernick last played. So, Ross, no response, 32 teams, no workouts. Is this the end of the Colin Kaepernick situation, or will we ever be there? Well, the fact that his representatives are putting this out there tells me that we won't be there anytime soon because they're the only ones at this point really bringing his name up after the fact that he's been out this year. And frankly, Dave, it reminds me a little bit of what Rob Gronkowski said about maybe coming back this year, what Robert Kraft said about, you know, hoping that Gronk comes back. I personally believe all of this is about business. I think it's about, for Rob Gronkowski, it's the fact that as long as it hangs out there, that there's a chance he could come back. He's that much more relevant. People hang that much more on every word he says. And he becomes a major topic of conversation as opposed to if he just totally said, look, I'm not coming back. It's not happening. Stop asking me. People wouldn't care as much when Gronk makes an appearance or talks about CBD or goes on Fox or whatever the case may be. So continually leaving that open. And even having Robert Kraft do the same, that continues to keep Gronkowski even more relevant. I feel like there's a similarity with what's going on with Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. Surely, 
his representatives have to realize that at this point, it's just not happening. Do I believe that there's collusion? No, I do not. Do I believe 32 independent businesses are making the decision that the value that Kaepernick would bring to their team on the field is not worth, in their mind, the distraction or the negatives, the cons that come along with having Colin Kaepernick on your roster in terms of the media attention, the scrutiny, the media circus, they would call it, distraction, whatever you want to call it, right? The fan uproar, which happened in Baltimore when it looked like the Ravens might sign Colin Kaepernick. The teams have just decided, like almost everything we do in life, which is an economic equation, right? It's the benefits of this outweigh the costs. And right now, still, the NFL teams have decided that the benefits are not outweighing the cost. They felt differently about Eric Reed in Carolina. The Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins feel differently about Kenny Stills, who continues to protest and make it clear how he feels. They don't feel that way about Colin Kaepernick. Part of it's the position he plays, probably. Part of it's because... He is the most polarizing and the face of it. But I think a press release like this and is it, just I'm, I'm at this point in my mind, just trying to get name back in the news, stay relevant, stay in the news cycle. That's probably a positive for his Nike contract and all the marketing that goes along with that. I've been consistent throughout this process. I want to see Colin Kaepernick get a shot. Now that we know there's no salary demands, that certainly helps. What I don't see on this Q&A question and answer sheet that they sent out is it will he continue to take a knee or will he find another way to fight for his causes, to fight for social justice across the United States of America? I think that would clear up a lot of a lot of questions. Call it collusion, call it uh, collective decision making. There has been a lot of reporting on the fact that NFL owners have discussed wanting to avoid a Donald Trump tweet. That was very bad for the NFL. He immediately hurt the ratings in the game. I have still, to this very day, Ross, just last week talked to a fan who said he has not come back to the NFL because of the Colin Kaepernick taking a knee protest. It blew my mind. I tried to argue, but then I just had to leave that one astray. But look, bottom line, Luke Falk started a couple of games for the New York Jets, and this weekend, undrafted rookie quarterback out of, what is it, Samford, I believe, Devlin Hodges starts for the proud Pittsburgh Steelers against the San Diego Chargers. So let me ask you the question they put on their Q&A sheet. Colin has the same skill set as many of the young mobile quarterbacks in the game right now. Does he have even better skill set than some of the quarterbacks starting this weekend? I mean, he did. You know, I I, I don't – it's three years later. I I think he did back in 2016 – I haven't seen him play football in a long time. So it's hard to know. It's hard to know what his skill set would still be like. And maybe that's the argument in favor of what Kaepernick's representatives are saying to at least work him out. You know, I think that says a lot that they don't even want to work him out because they don't want that to get public. 
They don't want the scrutiny and the circus and everything that goes along with that. And I got to be honest with you, Dave, while I have a lot of respect for Colin Kaepernick being willing to sacrifice his career to go ahead and make the political stance he did, the human rights stance, whatever you want to call it. I'm not getting the semantics here. But to make the stance that he did, I've got a lot of respect for that because it's obviously something that is near and dear to his heart, that he really cares about, that he wanted to make a stance and more power to him. But I'd also say it reminds me of what you know Adam Silver said about... Daryl Morey's comments, Daryl Morey's tweet, which is that, you know, we have freedom of expression and that's a wonderful thing, but there are consequences with that freedom of expression. And the last few years, Colin Kaepernick is dealing with those consequences. You know, he knew that what he was doing wasn't popular. He has said as much. He was okay with that. He made a decision And that's fine. Now he has to live with that decision. And by the way, it's been a fruitful financial decision. He gets paid millions of dollars by Nike. He doesn't get paid. He doesn't get the chance to play football anymore. I think reasonable minds can probably debate how much he really does want to play football. Yeah, I, I, I think he does want a shot, but you might be right about the relevance. I think he just wants to prove he still has these skills. I, I wish we wouldn't put together these YouTube edited together videos, invite the scouts out, have them watch you just throw some passes to wide receivers. But look, he's not getting a shot. He's just not getting a shot. Uh, there's tanking in the NFL, but is there, folks, tanking in college football? Quite an accusation from a player with the Houston Cougars. Justin Murphy is his name. You haven't heard of him. He's a right guard. You have heard the story of Derek King. He's the quarterback and preseason Heisman candidate, put up some outstanding numbers for Houston, and then took the redshirt rule, just opened up by the NCAA after four games starting and putting up big numbers. Well, Justin Murphy... He went on quite a Twitter rant and has quite a Twitter thread and some accusations to head coach Dana Holgerson of outright tanking. He tweeted this, a senior class that is the first group to experience a head coach and administration to actively tank a football season. Justin Murphy goes on to rip the school for its schedule. Four games in 19 days for his fourth and fifth knee surgery and what he says is looming CTE. He says Dana Holgerson asked seniors on that team to redshirt and develop for 2020. De'Eric King apparently took that offer. He says Coach Holgerson told him, quote, if you're not 100% committed to the team, then don't get on the bus Justin Murphy was suspended, and now he is not mincing words. Ross, is that what's happening here? You wondered about the De'Eric King red shirt after four successful games for him as an individual. Are they tanking, and why, and what should the NCAA do about it? Well, they're not tanking in the sense that they're trying to lose games this year, but they are tanking in the sense that 
they're not caring about this year and they're trying to have guys and set up for a good 2020. That's pretty obvious. Justin Murphy said that a bunch of seniors were approached about redshirting and a couple of them like De'Ara King and wide receiver Corbin, Keith Corbin, they both did it. I don't look at that as, as tanking per se in terms of trying to lose the game. But it's tanking in the same sense that the Miami Dolphins are tanking, which is that the priority is not winning football games this year. And frankly, I think it's much, much worse than what the Miami Dolphins did. You know, the Miami Dolphins are paid professionals, and they're trying to build a a successful organization for the long haul. And they've been doing this very clearly since free agency started in March. The Houston Cougars are a college football team. They're not paid professionals. And they are trying to, they did this in the middle of the season. They decided to switch gears in the middle of the season after the fourth game. That I have a major, major problem with. They are trying to make sure 2020 is better than 2019. And you know what I'm rooting for now, Dave? I'm rooting for De'Ara King to not stay at Houston. I'm rooting for him to transfer because if that's what Dana Holgerson's trying to do and, you know, basically screwing over guys like Murphy who are fifth-year seniors, then I don't want Holgerson to get the benefit next year with De'Ara King. I hope he goes somewhere else. What I didn't understand with the thread uh, was – why was he told not to get on the plane? Like, what happened? I, I read his thread. I didn't understand why Justin Murphy was told not to get on the plane to their game. Right. I, I'm still trying to figure out a lot about this Twitter thread as well. My read of it, without talking to Justin, was that Justin was clearly made it vocal that he's not on board with this tanking plan, and they decided to punish him for it, told him to go get well mentally. I hate this. I absolutely hate it. And and here's what also is interesting. Another layer to it, Ross, is that at the same time, Justin Murphy was saying this stuff on Twitter. It sounds like his teammates and his coach were aware of it. Derek King tweeting at the same time, can't wait to watch my brothers ball out this Saturday. Let's win Houston Cougars. Dana Holgerson quote tweeted that with the hashtag teammates. That sure sounds to me like they were both taking a shot at Justin Murphy, but we will invite them. They are all invited on this program anytime they want to discuss this. As we wrap it up, Ross, what's the benefit of tanking in college football when you're going to go have to go recruit new players to come to your school that just put up a disaster of a season? How would that work? Well, there's no there's no benefit to tanking in college football. The the, the right. benefit is to redshirting De'Ara King and Keith Corbin and having them on the team next year. What they decided is when they were one and three that it was a lost season and that they weren't going to be able to attain the goals that they wanted. Look, if they beat Tulane and they were two and two and 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 undefeated in the American Conference. This wouldn't have happened. But they lose to Oklahoma, okay. They lose to Washington State, okay. But losing to Tulane almost immediately made any chance of them winning the American Conference 
uh, very, very small. And so they, they, it's really a mulligan. Like, more than tanking, they're doing a mulligan on De'Eric King, who's by far their best star player, on his final season in Houston. Which is why I really hope he goes somewhere else. I don't want teams to start trying to take mulligans. I, I think it's unbelievably unfair to fifth-year seniors who all of a sudden are left in a lurch like that. This is not what sports are supposed to be about. This is not what especially college football is supposed to be about. I feel awful for those fifth-year guys, and I think it's laughable for Holgerson and Derek for Derek King to say brothers and for Holgerson to say teammates. Yeah, if they're your brothers, Derek King, it's like you just you just left your brother at the altar because for those guys, this is their last year of college football. This is it for them. This is their big moment. And you just ditched them to go next year. So don't give me the brother stuff. Yeah. I think this is just a disturbing and strange and confusing story. And again, Murphy King Holgerson, we would love to have each and every one of you on this program to discuss what is really going on down there. We'll, uh, work on our friends down there, 610 Sports Radio in Houston, to try to get some truth about this situation and how it could work out for Houston. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to talk to our friend Kevin Millar about all things baseball, and there's a lot to get to. you got the ALCS, the NLCS, a Cardinals rant, tipping pitches, and how about a major league pitcher arrested trying to break into a home and he got caught in a doggy door ross i think that guy's gonna be looking for work millar in just a bit yeah i'm looking forward to hearing that story because i didn't hear that one so i like kind of flying blind every once in a while on the doggy door story <laughs> we will get to millar momentarily he's hired he's our baseball guy through the world series twice a week i don't think we found him at ziprecruiter.com slash enter but we probably could because that's how my dude dylan miskowitz was able to find his director of coffee. He was having trouble finding qualified applicants, so he switched to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It actually finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, does not need a job. He is still hired because he's on to the NLCS despite an expletive laden post-game rant that blew up Twitter 
and Instagram and forced Schilt to apologize after advancing. We don't censor things here on Home and Home on the Radio.com app. Here is a taste of Schilt's epic post-game rant. What I've loved about this series is we played the game hard, we played the game right. We started some shit, we finished the shit. Yeah. And that's how we roll. We don't start, but no one fucks with us ever. Ever. Alright? Now, I don't give a fuck who we play. We're gonna fuck them up, we're gonna take it right to them the whole fucking way, we're gonna kick their fucking ass. Yeah! Let's go! Yeah! I am ready to bust through a wall. Kevin Millar here to talk about it. Uh, Kevin, it's Dave Briggs, it's Ross Tucker. Mike Schilt had to apologize for the profanity. Have you ever heard anything like that in your baseball career? And should he apologize? 100%, guys. And it's brutal that that got out. Let's be honest. 100%. This stays inside the clubhouse. And this is sad, man. I, this is the problem. There's so many positives with social media. We're on a, we're an immediate response society now we gotta know right now we got text right back we get interrupted about 400 times a day unless you stick your phone in the drawer and just take three hours of peace but it actually pissed me off it really did to see this leak to see this out there just have some player doing a facebook or whatever it was i don't even know what it is live scene and then you get caught behind the scenes of, of like a boys club team that's trying to go for the world series. And now we have to now Mike Shields got to sit here and apologize, but this goes on guys. I mean, let's be honest. If we had a microphone in every clubhouse, boy, the society would be like, Oh my God, that really goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the kind of mentality you have to take. You have to take that warrior mentality, especially when you're behind the eight ball, especially when you're an underdog Cardinals weren't a favorite and Mike Shields, these players love him. And now he's got to apologize because some player, some player had his phone out and was taping the, the fun talk of us against the world. And now we got cuss words and now we got Mike Schilt apologizing. I thought it was as tired as it gets brothers. Yeah, Kevin, I, to me, it's incredibly selfish and the locker room is really like the one sanctuary you have. So I can't yeah. believe the guy did it. I do have a question for you though. Mike Schilt, does he realize that he manages baseball and doesn't coach football? Hey, this is the one time a year that we can have that football mentality. You got 12 wins, and it's us against the world, and we're going to kick blanks, whoever's blanks, whoever puts in front of us blanks. Let me tell you some of the stuff we said back in 04. It wasn't exactly sweet and fuzzy when we're looking at, at tall, rich New York Yankees, you know, the Jeters and the A-Rods and everybody's out there. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad we didn't have social media back then because I don't, I don't think – I think we'd have been apologizing a lot. All right, so then the follow-up to that is – what like what shit did Atlanta start? Like what 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 is there something specific that I missed that was like they started that shit? We're gonna finish it. Like I like did they start? Did they do something like an unwritten thing or was it just I, like what what did I miss? No, you, basically it's the Ronald Acuna stuff probably. Uh, the not running the ball out. I don't know what exactly he was talking about. You know, I don't know if something happened during the year. I don't know if if, if offensively they had a little bit of a extra swag that you know St. Louis kind of like okay. It, it, you know, th this series, let's be honest, it was a great series till the last game. I mean, it was a really good, you know, you could flip a coin. You didn't know Jack Flaherty you know, on this stage has stepped up to be, he's having one of the best second halves we've ever seen. Uh, a Jake Arietta kind of second half back in, in 15 when he had that. And when you when you start talking about 0.50 ERA and blah, 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 the Garrett Cole stuff, like we've never seen this stuff 
in the history, but I don't know what, 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 what went on. I don't know what was said. I don't know if someone got hit back in the day. But Acuna playing against him probably could rub some people the wrong way. His talent is, is, is to the ceiling and to the sky. And you don't know how, how good this kid can really be if he just played a tick harder. And obviously that first game when he hit that fly ball to right, uh, you know, he didn't run. And then the, the teammates had to answer seven questions about why Ryan Acuna didn't run. And we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago. All right, so let's get to the ALCS and NLCS, and the Astros are there courtesy of Garrett freaking Cole. And, man, obviously the baseball audience is aware of his greatness. I don't think the country as a whole is aware of just how great Garrett Cole is. Perhaps these numbers sum it up. 24 straight starts without a loss, 18-0, 1-6-6 ERA, 251 K since May 22nd. Have you ever seen anything like this? And what makes Garrett Cole so great? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. He's turned into the best pitcher in the world, period. End of story. We would always say like, Hey, who would you like to have in a must game situation? Guess what? Garrett Cole, you got a Matt Scherzer's, you got the Clayton Kershaw's, you got the whole scene that's been all the way through and then Verlander's. And then you got Garrett Cole. What makes him so good, you don't have starting pitchers that throw 100 miles an hour consistently. Garrett Cole can hit 100 in the seventh inning, or he can hit 100 in the ninth, or, or first inning. The thing about him that, that that's pretty, pretty awesome to watch is he's got impeccable command with his breaking stuff. You know, he establishes his fastball early to hit 98 miles an hour, chest high. It's tough. you got to be on point. Garrett Cole has really found a knack to really do what he does, and that's throw strikes and get guys out. So I'll I, I tell you what, I appreciate, you know, him doing this. I appreciate, you know, he's been good ever since he was at UCLA. But the bottom line is this. He is going to be one wealthy man come free agency. And this guy is backing up the Brinks truck as we speak because you want to talk about an organizational changing top of the rotation. We don't have these every, every, every free agency. You got Garrett Cole now, so I'm, I'm, teams are right here going, okay, let's see. Do we want to win the World Series? Because we know we're going to W every time he takes them out. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, easily the biggest pitching contract in baseball. And finally, maybe a number up there with the Harpers and, and the Trouts. But here's the drawback to how that series played out, of course. They go the five games. Garrett Cole dominates game five. But now he can't pitch until game three. You go Granky, Verlander, Cole in game three, does that give an advantage to the Yankees in the in this ALCS? Who wins and why? Yeah, it, it's a great point. I thought, you know, a must win was the Verlander game in game four because it sets up Garrett Cole, you could see three times in a seven-game series against the Yankees. So when they lost to the Rays and raised it an unbelievable job and almost turned out to one of the best comebacks in history to beat a Granky, a Verlander, and a Cole if they would have won game five. I thought game four was a must win for the Astros – to set up Garrett Cole three times in a seven-game series. Now, the flip side of that, he's going to pitch in game three, which means he'll be the game seven starter if the series went seven games. That's a plus also because we all know getting to game seven is great, but if you don't have your big horses, then it's like this dogfight mentality. So both sides are set up nice. Let's be honest. They, the, the Yankees are going to get Zach Greinke. I think he has to be better than he was in game three. Uh, so, you, you know – I. Whether he is or not, that offense of the Yankees is devastating. It's going to be a great series. I think we're all kind of ready for this series. Uh, but the bullpen of the Yankees and the starting pitching of the Yankees isn't as bad as people think. They're a pretty complete team. You saw a little bit of some holes in the bullpen scene with the Astros through this race series, 
And if Zach Greinke can't be better, then the Astros do have some holes. But what an awesome makeup of, of the Astros. When you have Alex Bregman, that, that, that basically is a player of like Mike Schilt. I mean, he's behind the scenes letting the boys know, let's get it. And let's get it right now. They fear nobody. They have no problem going on the road. They don't haven't won a whole lot of games on the road in the postseason. They're dominating at home in Houston. I'm going to give this series a slight edge to the Houston Astros in a seven-game W because they will have to face Garrett Cole. All right, so I, I want to I want to learn a little bit more about this, Kev, because to me, watching Cole last night and knowing that he could have been pitching one, four, and seven, three games rather than two, that seems like a huge difference to me. Like, it, it's hard to imagine the Astros losing if he's pitching. So that seems like that's three wins right there. And then all they need is uh, Verlander or Granke, either one of those guys, to win one of their four starts. Am I, am I putting too much into it, or is it really that big a deal now that the Astros' rotation is off? No, it's not that big of a deal because you have a three-headed monster. The one thing in a seven-game series, and I'll tell you this, is that everybody's going to be involved. You can't hide people. Five-game series, you can hide people. You really can't because you can put stars in the bullpen. Let's get through this series. Let's try to get three Ws. Seven-game series, you're going to have to. Everybody's going to have to contribute. You're not hiding it. So you're you're one starter, your two starter, your three starter all need to contribute. And the, and I think the advantage goes to the Astros with three bona fide Cy Young Award winners. And you look up. Granky's got to be better. Verlander and Cole, the one-two punch, there's nobody better in baseball. So you can look at Verlander's going to go twice. Garrett Cole's going to go twice. Well, then if you want to go, there's four W's. There you have it. But it's not that easy because the Yankees are a good team. And it's funny, every single game that's played, the wild card teams, right after the W, you feel like, ah, this team's going to be the one. Don't sleep on how good the Yankees are offensively, the pressure they put on pitchers, Garrett Cole, Verlanders, doesn't matter. They put extreme amount of pressure on the opposing pitcher. And they did it when we had Schilling and Pedro Martinez. You would sit there, Bernie Williams, it was nine pitch at bats. Jorge Posada, nine pitch at bats. Derek Jeter's going to fist you in the right field. You know, there was a lot of tough, tough outs that caused stressful pitches on the stage. So, you know, 100 pitches in the fifth is a whole heck of a lot of difference than 100 pitches in the fifth, you know, back uh, in July because these these every pitch matters. All right, so then forget the pitching rotation part of it. Yeah. Just in general, like Saturday night, I guess, is the big one, but maybe the whole series. Would you rather be Houston and you have a day off today and then you're playing again at home tomorrow night, you're kind of in the same rhythm of the regular season or would you rather be the Yankees where, okay, we swept, we got to chill, relax, we're rested? Like, is there – which one would you rather be in terms of those situations going into game one? I, I love that question. I'd rather be the one playing. I don't like the long – I don't like the long wait. When you sweep a team and you sit back and now you have to wait a week, we've seen this with a lot of great teams back in 11 and 12. I think it was Detroit Tigers that were dominating. They swept their series. They had to wait a week, and then they got beat. Uh, you know, at their house. And at that point, they were the, they were like the Yankees. Um, it's tough because days off during the year, I hated because hitting's about timing. You could take as much batting practice. You can take as much flip. You can take as much T work, but you know what? To hit 95 miles an hour, it's about timing, right? You're on point. It takes you a couple weeks of spring training. You haven't hit all off season. 
I would rather be the team. That's why the wild card teams are so dangerous because every game seems like a must, you know, win situation. It's an elimination game. So, you know, you're used to grinding. A team like the Yankees, now they got to sit around. They had to wait. Okay, they were hoping for Tampa to win or whoever they root for. Now they got the Astros. I'm not saying that they're not going to adjust, but I'm just saying I'd rather be the Astros because they're just that sweat's still going, that body's still going. Want to look forward to the other series, but first, Tyler Glass now is an interesting case. Uh, put up some outstanding numbers lately, but it was clear the Tampa Bay Rays pitcher was tipping his pitches, or there were some signs being seen. Yeah. Um, how do you arrive? at a winner-take-all game in October without knowing that you are tipping your pitches? Well, uh, real quick, so on, on tipping pitches, so somebody has something, right? Gloves going higher on a breaking ball or staying low on a fastball, whatever the tip was, okay? But they, it looks like they had something. We're assuming they had something because there's a lot of chit-chat that we all saw with Bregman telling Correa on the on-deck circle. Then you saw the, 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 the chit-chat with Altuve looking over. You don't know what they're saying, but we're assuming hitting 98 miles an hour and Bregman's breaking ball in the right center field gap in the first inning, like the way they were taking pitches. So that's what we're assuming. Let me just be real honest. Rainey Johnson could have told us exactly what he was throwing. It doesn't mean that you just rake Okay, so there's a fine line. The kid's throwing 98 miles an hour, and if he says, hey, I'm throwing you a curveball, Kevin, stay back and drive in the right center, it might be a 6-3. I might pop it up to the first baseman. So you still got to give your credit to where Chris do. The offensive force that they brought in the first inning to Tyler Glass now, phenomenal. Whether they had his pitches or not, phenomenal. Sometimes we want to act like, oh, yeah, you Darvis was tipping his pitches, and then Theo went out and signed him for $125 million in the free agent market when he couldn't get an out. For the Dodgers, like, okay, I don't know if he's tipping his pitches. I know that his stuff's electric, and yes, he had a rough first inning. But, yeah, I, yeah, he's doing something, we assume, because that stuff plays at this level, and it looked like they were laying off some really tough pitches. So there was a tail. It'd be nice to, after this is all, all said and done, I'll get some inside scoop and say, like, boys, what do you guys have? <laughs> Kevin, uh I got to ask you, before we get into the Nationals uh, against the Cardinals, we haven't had you on since Clayton Kershaw. Dude, I mean, I feel awful for that guy. What did you think of the decision to put him in the game? And then can you think of any other guy in any other sport that's that good in the regular season and then has been this poor in the postseason? I feel bad for him. I really do. Yeah, you know, it's funny because this guy will give you everything he has in the mountain. I mean, he's trying his hardest. It just hasn't worked out. What do you want to say? I mean, it started back when, you know, the days when Matt Adams took him deep on a curveball at Dodger Stadium when the Cardinals beat him. Uh, and then all the snowball effect, he couldn't stop the Astros freight train in 2017 with leads in Houston. And then it just kind of keeps going in the postseason. And, but let's not, let's, not, let's not forget this. Clayton Kershaw, to an extent, you know, when he had a 1.67 and a 1.9 ERA, it's almost like you set yourself up to fail when you dominate like that in the in the regular season. And he had some Nintendo numbers. I mean, it was like playing Nintendo with Clayton Kershaw early in his career. 95 mile or four seam fastball, big curveball like the Barry Zito back in the day. So he had this power combination as he's kind of had a lot of innings under his belt. He's a 31 year old kid, but his arm, you know, there's a lot of innings there. He's developed this little cutter. So all of this stuff now. The postseason people forget about. You're playing against the best that season. So it's not like, oh, Clayton's going to go out there and just go seven innings and strike out 10, and that's just the way. 
these are the best teams. So you're not playing the Miami Marlins. You know, they're not in the, they're not in the playoffs. You're not playing a depleted Detroit Tiger team. You're, you're playing playoff baseball. So these guys are good too. Clay Kershaw just hasn't got it done. But you know what? He's got a four and a half ERA in the postseason. It is what it is. But you know what? He doesn't have power anymore. So he can't miss. And Rendon went to work and studied on that little slider and sat back there and hit the slider out. And then what do they do? They get a first pitch ambush by the man child, Mr. Juan Soto, who's 20 years old. And it looks like he's been playing the biggest for 15 years with his plate discipline. You know what? Mm. Tip your hat. Feel bad for Clayton. Do all you want. But you know what? Every 15th, first and 15th, Clayton's doing great now. There's about $35 million per start. He's going to do fine. He's going to hug his kids when he gets home. Everything's fine in Clayton's world. It's just a bummer. He hasn't been able to get a whole lot of outs in the postseason. The greatest disparity between regular and postseason ERA in baseball history. It is baffling. He is literally the opposite of your former teammate, Kurt Schilling, who turned into a absolute force. Good. Obviously very, very good in the regular season, but dominant come the postseason. All right. So should Dave Roberts, your former teammate, be out as a manager? Should another teammate of yours, Gabe Kapler with the Red Sox, should the Phillies have fired him? Yeah, no. First of all, Dave Roberts' first question, absolutely not. I mean, the whole firing of the, all these players, I mean, all these guys, and now we got eight positions open, and it's almost like the NFL. We're just going to put on this hat. We'll go put on this hat. This one's going to say the Bills. Okay, I got fired over here. Maybe the defensive coordinator over here for the Texans. It's almost like the same thing now. Like, Buck Showalter, Joe, you know, Joe Girardi, uh, want to manage back again. Great, that's two spots. Well, you got eight spots. Where are we going? Dave Roberts has done an unbelievable job. Seven straight division titles not under his belt but that's what the Dodgers do the fans in Los Angeles got to be very proud 106 wins uh they brought a lot of joy they just they haven't you know getting to the World Series back-to-back years is hard to do there's only one winner and they they, they they throw you every time they run some buzzsaws so this was the one upset like Nationals came in okay you got to beat Strasburg it's not exactly like you're you lost to a number four starter he gives up three in the first and next thing you know he ends up going six innings Dave Roberts is the manager of Los Angeles Dodgers. Andrew Freeman and this whole front office, they work well together. They actually should sit next to him when he does post-game interviews to say this was a collective uh, agreement of why we pulled out who and what because a lot of this stuff's planned and premeditated at 1.30 in meetings and interviews, and they're just playing percentages with papers. Now, he's he, he's a Dodgers manager. I mean, he guys like him. He's a great guy. He's done a great job. They've got the World Series. They just haven't got that ring yet. And, uh, you know, so that's that. Gabe Kapler. Gabe's a very smart and intelligent, knows it all as far as these analyticals, one of the first ones kind of get into it. Was he the right guy in Philly? Uh, probably not. I mean, makeup-wise, great. Gabe can compete anywhere he wants. But, like, look-wise, good-looking dude, like, you know, just kind of got some swag, almost like the West Coast scene. And I love me some Gabe, and he grew up on the West Coast. But you could see him managing, like, the Angels. If Philly is kind of like that rugged, and you've heard Mike Socia kind of rumblings. Is he the old Philly guy? who managed in Anaheim for many years and signed one of the longest manager deals I've ever seen with 10 year, whatever it was, 25 million or five million a year. I didn't even know what it was, but he's an old Philly guy. Maybe Sochi ends up in Philadelphia. Gabe Kapler is going to fall on his feet. He's very bright. He's very smart. And he understands men and players love playing for him. This is just a, a situation where they spent a lot of money. There's a lot of pressure when you sign uh, Bryce Harper and a McCutcheon, which that injury hurt him. They had a lot of injuries, but now there's pressure when you sign these superstars because the owners want winnings. All right, Kev, last one for me. Nationals, Cardinals, who you got? How many games and why? 
Three-headed monster again when you're dealing with the Nats. I think the Cardinals have some kind of swag going. The Mike Schilt, whatever you want to say. I like that group. I like that situation. I'll take cards. It's going to be another great series. I'm going to stay with the Cardinals in seven. Let's go two game sevens. Let's go Houston Cardinals now since I picked the Brewers to win the World Series in March and they're gone. But I still have the Astros that were supposed to make the World Series. So I'll go Houston Cards. Houston and Cardinals, says Kevin Millar of the MLB Network, host of Intentional Talk. By the way, are you at home? Is that your killer house back there? And when are we invited out there? Looks like you got the pool outside. I mean, what's going on there? Yeah, we got Lake Austin behind us. Let me see what we got there. So there's Lake Austin behind the pool area back there. But let me tell you Uh, something real quick. It's 50 degrees. Like it was 97 yesterday. I walked out today. I'm like, what? So we have some kind of cold front coming through. It's 50 degrees. So I'm inside cozy. No golf today, boys. No golf for <laughs> Kev. All right. Look, next time you come on, you got to retweet us like you do the Dan Patrick show, man. I mean, we love DP. We're all friends oh, with I'll DP. Go look but at you, it. you can retweet home and home. We'll send out Deal, some video I- of how you analyzed the, the Cardinals rant, and you can just retweet that. Done deal. I'll do that. I see. I get lazy on Twitter. I got. I got. I got to get better on Twitter. I'm, I don't want. I get scared. I don't want any Schilt videos going out there. <laughs> Man, I would kill for Instagram Live of Kevin Millar, Jack Daniels shots prior to oh, that Yankees pray. game. Oh, you don't want to hear those. Woo. Oh, man, that would be outstanding. Kevin Millar, enjoy the ALCS and NLCS. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you. Ross, he is hired, as you said, as our baseball guy. Some great breakdown of the series and of that epic rant from the Cardinals skipper. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, I had I had to bust his chops and, and just make sure that he realized that Mike Schilt coached baseball and not football. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I have. So I'll say the same thing, Dave. I, I played basketball. I loved basketball. But that would still be a weird speech to give to a basketball team. You like, you yeah. know, we started some shit. They fuck with us. We hit them. We hit them in the mat. Like, it. It's not a baseball speech. It's not a basketball speech. Like, you're not physically able to physically punish the opponent. Which, by the way, is why football is the greatest sport in the galaxy, and we all know that. But it's also why I just think I just found like that speech doesn't make that sense to me. Like these stars of shit, we finished, uh, we're gonna hit him in the mat. Like you're gonna hit him? No, like you're gonna hit the baseball. Like I, I'm, I, bas- like if Steve Kerr or Popovich said that, I'd be like, what? No, no. I mean, are you gonna set some really firm picks? Like some really firm picks? You gonna really box out? Like it just doesn't fit to me. No, I'd agree with you. I, I also feel like from an adrenaline standpoint, it's not just weird that that was baseball. sounded like football if you just close your eyes. But consider the way the game flow went. They got 10 runs in the top of the first. The game was over in about 15 minutes. So it's strange that he was so jacked up after that game when you would have thought he would have been damn near asleep like all the rest of the fans that were watching or there for the game. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to get the latest on the NBA versus China. All media availability has been canceled there in China, and that may be the result of some questions from a CNN reporter, very talented young lady. We'll give you the latest. What Draymond Green, 
and uh, a couple others had to say about all that in just a sec. 11 days away from the NBA opener. Pelicans, Raptors, Lakers, Clippers should be an outstanding doubleheader showcasing all that is good in the NBA this season. Until then, we're going to hear an awful lot about the NBA versus China. That's the biggest battle going on for the league, and it continues to dominate, continues to take away the headlines from Zion, LeBron, AD, Harden, and company. The latest. As for that feud, they have canceled all NBA media availability over there on this trip through China, Lakers, Nets, and that is a result of a CNN reporter asking questions, as any good reporter should, about this whole mess, about supporting the Hong Kong protesters against the uh, authoritarian government there in China. Christina McFarlane, a friend of mine, sat down in a press conference and just tried to ask James Harden and Russell Westbrook excuse me, about the ongoing controversy. Watch what happened and listen. Mike, this was meant to be a week where we celebrate the game uh, globally, but instead there's been quite a lot of negative headlines. Do you have a message for your Chinese fans who, rightly or wrongly, may have felt let down by the NBA this week? Well, the headlines come from you guys, right? I'm not mistaken, so I'm negative. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know what? It's a tough situation. It's very difficult. Adam Silver speaks for the NBA. I work for the NBA. I go with Adam. Whatever, you know, Commissioner Silver, Silver will do the right thing. And I, I'm not, you know, I just can't, you can't answer questions like that because you're wrong no matter what. So well, I'm here to speak basketball, talk basketball. I'm not, whatever I say is not right. The so, members from your team and your captain have spoken out this week well, already. Well, good. So. Then he'll be in a few minutes and ask you. <laughs> What's it going to take to get Chinese NBA fans oh, back? I don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue. I, 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 I coach basketball. I'm not a diplomat or, you know, around the world. I, I coach basketball. Are you and concerned I'm, for your fans, though? Sorry, for your players, given... My players? Yeah. No. no. Christina McFarlane, CNN. Um, the NBA has always been a league that prides itself on its player and its coaches being able to speak out openly about political and societal affairs. I just wonder, after the events of this week and the fallout we've seen, whether you would both feel differently about speaking out in that way in future. It's a legitimate question. This is an event that's happened this week during during the NBA. Uh, this particular question has not been answered. James. Any other questions? Christina McFarland, CNN reporter, trying to get an answer, pry an answer out of James Harden or Russell Westbrook. Both, uh, cat got your tongue, boys. You didn't know that freaking question was coming. At least Mike D'Antoni stumbled his way through something. Those guys at least should have had some answers, something to say about something. The person who took that microphone away from the reporter was a PR rep for the Houston Rockets. The NBA called her profusely to apologize, saying they had nothing to do with that. That was in Japan. What do you make of the latest dust-up in this controversy, Ross? Uh, I think, like like everything, it's kind of shrouded in hypocrisy in my mind. I mean, look. Adam Silver comes out and says, 
we support freedom of, of expression. We support freedom of speech amongst our employees, our executives, our players. And then a question's asked, and they say, no, you can't ask that question. Nope, don't ask that question. Which one is it, NBA? Not, no, and- no, no, no. But that, that was the Rockets. The NBA said that was not us. We had nothing to do with that. Proceed. Okay. Uh, well, like a lot of these things, we have to decide whether or not we believe that. If we want to believe that, then okay, that means that it was the Rockets that don't agree and don't believe in freedom of speech, that it's the Rockets that don't want to hurt their business interests. So I don't know. I mean... I guess what I would say then, Dave, is the Rockets and the NBA should kind of get their story straight. The Rockets and the NBA should kind of mm-hmm. figure it out. Because if Adam Silver is going to say we believe in freedom of speech and freedom of expression, and then the Houston Rockets and NBA team in a subsequent press conference halt legitimate questions, they might want to get this sorted out. And I don't think it's okay for the, the Rockets to stop it and then the NBA to say, no, we didn't want them to do that. Okay, then how about this, NBA? Don't cancel all media availability then. Who's canceling all media availability, Dave? Not the NBA. China and Japan have canceled all media availability. The NBA does not want to hide from this. The game between the Nets and the Lakers went on on NBA TV. It was aired. A message scrolled throughout the game, throughout the game, that says, It is inevitable that people around the world, including from America and China, will have different viewpoints over different issues. It is not the role of the NBA to adjudicate those differences. That message constantly played throughout the NBA telecast. Adam Silver has been very clear about his message. We support Daryl Morey. We support free speech. We support freedom of expression. They are not going to apologize. Um, This story takes a turn where Steve Kerr finally said something, although I don't know if it's going to satisfy Ross Tucker, as did his player, star player Draymond Green. Let's play them back to back and we'll react. Absolutely tricky um, situation for all of us to be in. Um, I've been to China you know, twice in the last um, two years, once with the Warriors, once with Team USA, <laughs> and basketball is wildly popular over there. And so from my perspective, um, the NBA is doing a lot of great things in terms of helping to unify uh, people in the world. The game itself is a unifier, and I think that's important. Um, and, and all of a sudden that is meeting these political forces and uh, um, uh, business forces, and we're sort of thrust in the middle of it. And frankly, we don't really know what to make of it. Um, and so we're... we're we're here, um, we're being asked about it. I have done a lot of research uh, the last few days. I'm, um, I've learned more about um, what's going on on both sides. One of the things I've learned is that um, this, this story has many vantage points, um, depending on where you're looking from. And uh, so for me to sit here and say, I feel really comfortable making this statement, um, it's, it's not my place. And uh, It's, you know, just like I wouldn't make any comments on um, the tariff war. Like, I don't know anything about that, you know. So what's going on in our country? 
I, I'm very comfortable talking about what's going on in our country. I'm a citizen of this country. Um, it's hard for me to make a comment about something that impacts so many people, different countries, different governments, and uh, not really feeling comfortable being in the midst of it. It's, I think it makes more sense to, to lay low and be a scared little boy. <laughs> I don't quite get, I don't quite get um, everything that's going on enough to really even comment on it. I don't really understand it. I'm just trying to educate myself more on all of it. Uh, you know, even the initial tweet that started this uproar. I don't really understand what's going on in Hong Kong or China. Um, you know, it's hard enough trying to understand politics in America uh, for me. So I'm not knowledgeable enough to say much unless I just want to talk to talk and I never really do that. So I don't really know enough. I have said throughout this process, I see no hypocrisy with the fact that Steve Kerr, and that's who you heard first, Raymond Green second, that Steve Kerr wants to comment on our politics, U.S. politics, our president whom he votes for or votes against and doesn't want to comment about China's authoritarian government and how they crack down on free speech, freedom of expression, and fact human rights. Uh, in China, in Hong Kong. I wish Steve Kerr didn't just say he'd been to China a few times in the last few years and is a very well-read, educated guy, therefore leading me to believe he knows a lot about this situation. But again, I'm sticking with Steve Kerr here. I don't believe there's anything wrong with keeping your political comments to this country, provided that's where you draw the line. Ross, last word. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I, I believe that Steve Kerr knows enough about what's going on in Hong Kong and China to comment. So I, I think what he said there sounds really good. I think he knows enough of what's going on with human rights in Hong Kong to comment. And some would argue that maybe he's not as knowledgeable when he speaks on American politics at times as he thinks he is. I know that there's a lot of people that feel that way. So I get it. I understand why they're doing it. I'm not going to belabor the point. I think his reasoning for why he's not speaking out on it sounds good, sounds plausible. I don't really buy it. I think it's more about the business interests. I think he knows. He knows at least as much as Daryl Morey knows. And Daryl Morey put that tweet out. So I'm not really buying it, but that's fine. He's saying what he has to say. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 